Hello, everyone. This is National Master Evan Rabin, and I'm here on the second podcast episode of the day. Uh, we had a great episode earlier this morning with Sandy Purewall, who's a sales coach. Uh, but now I'm here with Sean Manras, who is uh, coming from Southern California, where he actually heads the you, you had the Southern California State Federation, right? Exactly. Yes, sir, National Master Raven. Heads that. And uh, yeah, and he currently is one of six candidates uh, vying for three spots in the U.S. Executive, U.S. Chess Executive Committee. And uh, it's our honor to have you on today. How are you doing? Well, first of all, thank you from the Southern California Chess Federation, myself, and Bear the Chess Husky for having us here. Uh, we're so pleased to be speaking to you, uh, Premier Chess, and the voters of U.S. Chess, your viewers. Yeah, no, thank you so much. It's our pleasure. And I want to actually thank our mutual friend, Shelby Lorman, whose idea it actually was to, uh, you know, invite all the uh, candidates on the podcast. And one thing, by the way, I, I try to make clear early on, uh, you know, we... Uh, are not necessarily, you know, at least as a company promoting one candidate versus the other. Uh, we did actually invite all six to come on. Uh, we had a great episode actually last night with, I know, actually your running mate, Vish, uh, which was a lot of fun. You might have heard about that. And, uh, you know, we actually had one scheduled with fun, uh, you know, for this week ahead. But tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so I'm the president of the Southern California Chess Federation. I've been our state scholastic coordinator and uh, chairman of our scholastic committee for quite some time. Well, one of our main journalists for our state magazine rank and file, which I'm very pleased to announce was a runner up last year for the CJ Awards uh, for state magazine. Oh, wow. the Southern, well, I've been the beneficiary of a great board, all of whom have mentored me. I want to particularly uh, take this moment to thank my predecessor, uh, President Steve Morford. Without his guidance every step of the way, being president of Southern California Chess Federation would have just been an impossible task at so young an age. But uh, my board has really taken me under their wing. And uh, because of that, I truly believe we're one of the best state affiliates, if not the best in the whole country, if I may say so. Uh, but it's a great team and it's a real honor to serve. I also have served as vice chairman of the Accessibility and Special Circumstances Committee in 2018 when we were committee of the year and uh, moved up to the FIDE Commission for the Disabled, though I still serve on the U.S. Chess Clubs Committee. Uh, also, I serve on the Outreach Committee under Myron and Rachel Lieberman. So I've really had the benefit of the tutelage of some of the greatest governance officials in chess, not to mention our Dean of Scholastic Chess, Dwayne Barber. But uh, I want to take a moment to speak about the other candidates. Uh, you'd mentioned we'd had Vish Vishwanath on here, uh, the great Vish. He was one of my mentors, uh, along with Angelina Belikovskaya, when I was on the uh, Accessibility and Special Circumstances Committee. And also, Dr. Fun Fong, what an incredible friend, an extraordinary professional. Um, all, everyone who has voted in this election has done their duty to U.S. Chess, and it doesn't matter which of the six candidates they voted for, they voted well. Uh, it's just such a good group of people from Mr. Day to, and, and Mr. Hader, uh, Mr. Fong, and of course, Vish and myself. It, it, I really think uh, we're going to have a great team, whoever gets elected. But the fun part today that I think is really important. I'm not actually talking to you today be, uh, to try to earn votes. I believe most of the votes have been cast. I think that's very important. I'm here to talk about the future of U.S. chess. Uh, there is a, a real threat to our democracy, to the transparency and integrity of chess. And it's something Bear the Chess Husky has been fighting for. And we've built up quite a, a team of delegates who all stand for the future of a transparent and democratic U.S. chess. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, I, I totally respect that 100%. Um, you know, you're working as a team. And by the way, I would say Vish certainly said, uh, you know, some similar things as well. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know some candidates better than others. You know, I met you, I think, in person like once or twice. Uh, you know, same thing with Fish. Um, you know, probably relatively, I, I, I probably know David Hayter the most just because I've, you know, ran into him at, you know, many of the tournaments that he's been, uh, you know, directing. Um, and actually, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we actually had one meal together at the, uh, you know, city championships uh, in New York um, last year, um, you know, which was a lot of fun, actually. But um, to tell us, you know, just, I mean, you, you've obviously been doing, you know, a lot of great work with, you know, Southern California chess. And uh, obviously it's a, a massive population, uh, you know, with LA and San Diego and, um, you know, a whole bunch of uh, other centers. Uh, tell us a little bit more about your experience there and, and what you've been doing. Well, we've had, uh, we, I, I was the beneficiary of inheriting one of the best publications that there is, uh, rank and file. Now, when, when we started at the beginning of my presidency, uh, it was black and white. We started by increasing the quality of the magazine. Did, there was significant expenditures involved, but uh, before COVID-19, thanks to the great efforts of Chuck Enzi, who obviously, uh, or his club of the year at San Diego. Um, Ch Chuck Enzi has been just spectacular uh, in holding tournaments that are not only profitable for the Southern California Chess Federation, but that we've been able to take literally every dime from and reinvest back into the members. Um, also, Mr. Morford, I should say Steve Morford, uh, who is a member of the club's committee, the Accessibility and Special Circumstances Committee at U.S. Chess, just a wonderful man. Um, he has been one of the people who's held our Memorial Day Classic. So we have some extraordinary tournaments. Uh, and beyond that, we've been the beneficiaries of, as, as you said, one of the biggest teams of, uh, of members, if you will, who are just so extraordinary for benefiting chess. We have a Super States event basically run by Jay Stallings, uh, one of the greatest organizers in U.S. chess. Uh, so we, we have an amazing group of people in Southern California that has allowed us to hold robust tournaments. Uh, we do want to expand into senior events, and we're also now have an online women's event planned. So uh, while we plan on getting back to in-person tournaments as soon as possible, we also have just so many other events that really are, are making it uh, a wonderful place to serve. And uh, frankly, it just, it makes the job so rewarding. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I want to say some of those people that you mentioned before, you know, um, Wayne Barber actually was on our podcast a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he, Shelby and I actually had, wow, just an amazing meal when I was in LA back in November, uh, you know, which was an amazing, amazing time. Uh, and he's, you know, clearly a wealth of knowledge. Uh, people on the podcast itself, of course, won't see this, but for those watching on Facebook Live, sees the Chess and Humor book here, uh, which I am actually uh, quoted in. Uh, you know, I do have my story uh, there. Um, so, yeah, Dwayne Barber is uh, a, a good new friend of mine and, you know, great colleague, of course. And, yeah, this book is, you know, amazing and full of stories. So, um, and Jay Stallings is uh, also a friend. And actually, you, you gave me an idea. I got to invite Jay to come on the podcast soon. Oh, indeed. A, a, a great person to be on for sure um and, and that's happened a lot by the way um so, so, so tell us uh you know where do you see uh you know southern california chess going you know what, what are the challenges now i mean you know, with covid and you know how, how are you sort of you know managing that we have two partnerships that are critical to us technically three all, all state affiliates serve u.s chess 
So our pr primary job, we've got nine duties and responsibilities, such as publications, holding tournaments, representing at the delegates meetings, um, which is something I really like to talk about with you in a few minutes. But uh, we also have two partnerships. We have a new member of our board, Treasurer Abhishek Kalasa. Uh, he was the president of the UCLA Chess Club, and just he's a dear friend a brilliant man and uh, he's graduated from UCLA already, but uh, he has through him created such an intrinsic connection to UCLA that we want to hold a world chess championship for the disabled there. You may also know him as a member of the FIDE Commission for the Disabled serving under uh, Chairman Grandmaster Thomas Luther and General Secretary uh, Nikos Kalasis, as well as I might add the visionary president, Arkady Dvorkovic, who's a great leader of our world of chess. Uh, we're so lucky to have President Dvorkovic and frankly, uh, Chairman Grandmaster Thomas Luther as well. He is such a mentor, such a dear friend, such a leader. Um, so we are targeting chess for the disabled. We want that to become our main initiative we really want to create empowerment for chess players with disabilities, not only across Southern California, but across the entire nation. It's critical to creating accessibility to chess for the disabled. And that is such an important thing uh, that remains in the focus of not only Southern California Chess Federation, but also I know US Chess and certainly FIDE. It's one of our top initiatives. But beyond that, Southern California is certainly not unilateral. As you know, we have the Dean of Scholastic Chess and we have always been extremely focused on Scholastic Chess. Dwayne Barber runs the Morris and the Stacer. And I might add that they're so well supplied. We actually have the best equipment because of Shelby Gorman, who you mentioned earlier. American Chess, uh, chess Equipment is the official sponsor of Southern California Chess. Yeah, because frankly, they're the best guy in Shelby. And, and when I was there, actually, I had a chance to uh, actually see their office in person, which was a lot of fun. Wood Expressions is a tremendous company. Um, bringing on Shelby, is just it shows their genius. Uh, they make chess a better sport. Wow. But we're so lucky to have them. And, you know, uh, not only that, uh, beyond our sponsors, Dean Barber's a philanthropist. Anything the kids need, Dean Barber makes happen. Um, he recruited uh, John D. Rockefeller, the fifth to become, uh, you know, we have the Rock Five, we yeah. call it. Um, Mr. Rockefeller is extraordinary. How could we wish for a better philanthropist, uh, a better leader to get incorporated into chess? Well, the meetings for the Rock Five, that happened between Dean Barber, uh, Alexander Lumelski from Connecticut, uh, John Rockefeller, and so many other leaders of US chess that are just so important. Uh, Sunil Weirmanji, who I'm sure you know of, the, uh, the legend of scholastic chess. So we, we really, in US chess, I wanna reiterate what I said earlier. Although none of the candidates uh, for the executive board are incumbents. Together we present way more than even decades of experience on US chess and FIDE committees. All of us are extremely experienced, but and not to be immodest, although very young, uh, Bear the Chess Husky and I have about a, have, have over a half a decade serving in chess. I've been a chess coach professionally uh, for 10 years now, and I continue to be, I teach seven days a week online. This sport I truly love, and I wanna reiterate, I'm blessed to be able to be a full-time chess coach. It's not lost on me. What a blessing, not only from God that is, but from family and from the members of U.S. Chess. If it wasn't from the people of Southern California and U.S. Chess who, and FIDE who make our sport truly the royal game, people like me wouldn't be able to make a living from home doing it. And frankly, I'm disabled, as you know, I have seizures. And it's so huge to be able to work seven days a week from home with students who are so gifted and talented. It's rewarding and it's fulfilling. And it's why I want to continue my work in governance, because it's an extension of that. And it makes it possible for the next generations to do exactly what I've been able to do. I was a student under Dean Barber uh, and uh, a man named Pete Barron in Fullerton, California, when I was five years old, about five, maybe six. Um, and my father taught me when I was five how to play chess. And then, you know, I met Pete Barron, took it from there. Dwayne Barber with his Morrison and Stacer tournaments. I literally won my section every year, went on to win the American Open Scholastic. That was a big deal for me. And Susan Polgar's events were also very huge. So that's Scholastic Chess. I want to make the point, not only is Chess for the Disabled near and dear to my heart, bear the Chess Huskies as well, my seizure alert dog, 
but scholastic chess made me who I am. Without it, I wouldn't be in governance today. So while I recognize that senior chess is probably the most important thing for us to work on today because of how powerful and huge scholastic chess is, it will always remain an integral priority, both of the Southern California Chess Federation and as a mentee of Dean Barber, of course, of myself and Barry Chess. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's great actually that you're doing a lot for, you know, all ages, um, you know, and the disabled. Um, we actually also had a great guest, uh, actually from, oh, not quite your area, uh, upstate, uh, Michael Agner a couple of weeks ago. Of I'm sure you, you know, certainly know him. Um, co-person of the year when I was on the NSCC. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he was, you know, talking actually a lot about, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, just abilities in, uh, in chess and, uh, you know, it, it could be expensive to go to tournaments and whatnot. So I, I do think that would be something that would um um yeah i mean i i think that would be uh you know uh you know very very beneficial actually and i know uh, you know other people have been doing it you know beatrice marinello of course you know did a big um you know fide disabled event uh you know in new jersey so um so I'd like to speak about Beatrice, actually. Sure. <laughs> if you'd, uh, she, that's very important. You know, Beatrice Marinello, without her, I, I wouldn't be on the FIDE Commission for the Disabled. But moreover, uh, she invited me to the Marshall Chess Club in November of 2016 to earn my FIDE instructor title. And that was really my entree into governance. I view the FIDE titles as sort of pre-governance. If you're getting FIDE titles, you're understanding the system. FIDE matters, and a lot of people don't even understand why. Uh, and really, FIDE is the parent organization of us all. As state affiliates obey U.S. chess, so must U.S. chess obey FIDE. And we have fallen out of touch with them. We had some things like a clean hands for FIDE, a very mm, distasteful thing to say because it implied something that wasn't true. Um, FIDE, in fact, has never been a corrupt organization, in my opinion. We've had officials who have been controversial. That is the worst you can say. Today, we're governed by a man who has united us under Jen Zunasumas. We are one family and Arkady Dvorkovic. And from now forward is the time to really be in line with FIDE and doing everything we can to perpetuate FIDE events in the United States of America and also getting those to our state affiliates. And as a 501c3, pursuing our mission and vision by enabling our state affiliates to lead the way to empowerment through chess in our local communities. That is how our system works. It needs to be leveraged appropriately. That's something I hope to do if elected to the executive board. Um, now, that being said, Beatrice Marinello is a person who has led regardless of governance positions. She's working with President Paul Covington of the Colorado State Chess Association, one of the greatest leaders of the sport. Again, a man I'm call, uh, proud proud to call a mentor. Um, he's a dear friend of me and my father, of course, Barry the Chess Husky. Um, but President Covington has been uh, effectively helping organize the, uh, the next World Junior Chess Championship for the disabled in Colorado. It's a perfect example of what I'm talking about, the trends we need to, we need to build, the bridges with FIDE to, to help FIDE hold their events and maximize their attendance and, and maximize so the visit. Not, not, not to interrupt too much, but, um, you know, and, and by the way, speaking of Colorado chess, I was actually in Denver two, two years ago and, um, you know, actually met another great guy, Brian Wall, who's, you know, the multi-time Colorado State champion. Um, you know, he's also doing a lot to promote the game. And it was like a, a huge email list too with, uh, you know, where he's, he's sending out a lot of great stuff uh, that I've been part of since I met him. Uh, you say that there's, yes, a lot of, you know, uh, or, you know, uh, a lot of work between U.S. Chess and FIDE, and they're not, you know, like against each other um, and whatnot. Uh, that said, um, it's kind of unfortunate now. You know, I, I played in a lot of other countries, actually. I've had the honor of playing tournaments in 11 countries. Almost every tournament is FIDE rated. Now, on the other hand, 
in the U.S., it's quite the opposite. Uh, you know, forget about COVID, you know, for the last, you know, several years, for instance, some of the biggest organizers, Goitschberg, you know, stopped FIDE rating most of, FIDE rating most of his events. Yes. Uh, there's not a lot of opportunities. And you see a lot of, you know, for instance, once when I was in Israel, uh, this organizer actually felt bad um, because he knew I was a, you know, master back in the States, but my, you know, FIDE rating was 2000. There was no way he could let me in his, you know, invitational mm -hmm. event. Um, and I totally understood, uh, but at the same time, I was like, wow, this is like actually somewhat, you know, unfortunate. Um, so yeah. how do you see like ways to, and, and there are more and more, you know, I want to point out like my good friend, Peter, for instance, and Charlotte is, you know, doing some great P-Day events. You know, he's the first that comes to mind and there are others, but um, for the most part, there's not a lot of opportunities. You know, most slow tournaments right. are not P-Day rated. Um, what are your thoughts there? <laughs> So allow me to be clear, this is my opinion. By no means am I stating some overarching fact, is my opinion as a, both a US chess official and a FIDE official of uh, governance. That being said, United States Chess Federation for quite some time has been in the position of a child who gets angry with their parent and says, I don't love you anymore, you're not my parent. The parent <laughs> will always say, I love you back, you're always welcome back to the family, but it's the child's job to come back home. It's not the parent's job to come seek them out and pull them out of wherever they're insisting on being. We're insisting on being autonomous. That's an incorrect move. We need to understand that as state affiliates are the child of US chess, US chess is the child of FIDE, the dynamic remains the same. It is one of mutual respect, but nevertheless, it is a hierarchy and FIDE is at the top of it. We have, for example, extraordinary opportunities already being offered through FIDE. I myself am not only a FIDE instructor, I'm an arena international master. I use this in experience <laughs> seven days a week in all of my lessons. I also have, uh, I, I'm, I'm pending, but I haven't been approved yet, but I'm an international organizer elect uh, and a FIDE arbiter candidate. I've taken the seminars for those and I am soon going to get those titles. They're very important. I want them because they're FIDE titles specifically. Everyone works towards them. Some get them faster than others, usually because of affiliations with big clubs. Um, and for example, uh, you know, we have people who will volunteer. I know uh, at the St. Louis Chess Club, for example, has created many opportunities, great opportunities for, PDA, for people to earn FIDE titles. Uh, if we simply choose to get involved in things like the Checkmating Coronavirus Initiative, which President Dvorkovic has put together, the opportunities are there, but the organizers in America need to collectively get together and decide to do it. And we have some of the best organizers in America, and uh, the most underappreciated, too. We'd mentioned uh, Paul Covington, President Covington. How about Chief Petty Officer Michael Lennox, who has done single-handedly more for military chess than probably anyone in the nation, period. Uh, but, Mr. Betts, I know Shelby has a good relationship with him, so... Illinois Chess Vets is legendary. And his wife, Leah Lennox, uh, just a beautiful genius person who is so underappreciated. The families in chess are, are the ones who truly count. But you know, the women in chess, I think, really have helped drive us. And I want to mention one other thing when I say that. There is a slight thing you're going to notice in this election. We like to talk about we want more women in chess. Every initiative is women in chess, women in chess, as it should be. We have an opportunity to endorse Angelina Belikovskaya, who not only has a higher rating than anyone else in the entire election, but is an experienced governance official who loves the game, has proven her dedication as a three-time women's national champion. And when incumbents from the executive board sent out endorsements, they didn't manage to endorse the only woman running for the race. That's not integrity in chess to bear the chess husky. We endorse Angelina Belikovskaya for executive board. And we believe we need more women in chess. That's an important, important link. But beyond that, 
Uh, I think we have multiple opportunities to engage more women in chess through not only online events, but creating championships. One of the things I had mentioned earlier, Southern California Chess Federation is going to be holding a state women's championship. And we would like to see something happen at U.S. Chess where perhaps, let's say we have a state women's champion. There could be a tournament of women's state champions. We think that would be a huge move, could be easily governed. We have an amazing office, as you know right now. We've got a new staff member in uh, Jennifer Shahade, also a champion chess player. So we have a lot of opportunities to build women in chess. But I really hope to see Angelina Belikovskaya get elected because we've got this opportunity. And we say we want more women in chess. Let's start by putting them in leadership positions. I think it's a good place to start. So does Bear the Chess Husky. Wonderful. So let me, uh, you know, put you we're running out of time here shortly. Um, you know, one, you know, very direct question. Uh, yes, you know, yeah, there are six candidates, as you said. Uh, you know, they really are all good choices, um, at least, you know, from what I know. Um, that said, why Sean? Hmm? I, I know, um, why, and, and I know, you know, the work they've done, but you know, in, in yeah. short, you know, what's yes, on? The, the reason that myself and Barry Chesos can run for the executive board is <laughs> the specifically transparency, integrity, and above all, democracy in chess. I want to talk about the governance task force, if you'd allow me to. I know it's a controversial issue, but it's extremely important to the future of U.S. chess. Uh, they're engaged in an attempt to add a selection committee to add four what we call self-appointed seats to the executive board. And the, the member, certain members of the governance task force have attempted to refute that notion, but we have multiple whistleblowers, two who wish to remain unnamed, but also Jim Minella, member of the ethics committee at U.S. Chess, and also the chairman of the ethics committee at Southern California Chess Federation, who says that the governance task force is engaged in an unethical attempt to remove the democracy of U.S. Chess by creating four self-appointed seats that would not be voted for, but instead there would be a selection committee staffed with friends of current incumbents who would basically be considered specialized, which would be a euphemism for loyalty. They'd vote the way they were told to vote. We would take care of our friends with four of our democratically elected seats. We have seven democratically elected members of the executive board. That's it. That's all there ever will be. It's the most important issue that motivated us to run for the executive board. Uh, when we heard that transparency was being fought, and I'll discuss exactly what that means in a moment, but we have certain members of our team. You said, why, Sean and Bear? We know how to lead by following the best. We've mentioned our mentors, but also what about the next generation? We have Jonathan Lee Singler. One of the most intelligent people I have ever met from Alaska. Uh, he is a great delegate. He, I wouldn't go so far as to say single-handedly, he built a huge team too. He'd be the first to tell you that with people like uh, Miss Colleen Ivanko of Alaska State Chess uh, Association. But uh, Jonathan Singler uh, brought Alaska and completed the union. Uh, uh, we now have an Alaska state affiliate uh, with men like Jonathan Lee Singler who are fighting for transparency. He signed an open letter asking for the governance task force to make their closed, private, and secret discussions transparent and public, along with nine other representatives, including President Paul Covington and myself and a huge swath of Southern California's board of directors. Uh, these people are leaders. But, you know, I think you've seen that there's division today in U.S. chess, especially at the governance level. There's, there, there is uh, controversy. We need someone who, to unite us I believe there is someone in, if you will, the next generation, our generation, who is the perfect person to hand the torch to. You'll hear me talk about incumbents on the executive board. I want to specifically exempt one man and a son from whom I'm talking about. 
uh, when we talk about this governance task force, we have an amazing leader in Chuck Unruh, our vice president of finance. And I'm going to delineate between Chuck, the father, and Charles, the son, in a moment. Chuck was a mentor to me as well when I was on the Accessibility and Special Circumstances Committee. Without his guidance, I'm sure I would not be where I am today. Man's brilliant. He understands finance. He understands governance. He's got integrity. He's everything we need. I don't know if, frankly, he can be our president. He's an extremely busy man. If he, if he wanted to, I think I cannot imagine a better person for the job. Chuck Unruh is just such a leader. I look up to the man. I follow the man anywhere. But so is his son. Charles Jr. is someone I got to know pretty well in Madison, Wisconsin. And Charles is just, he's a leader. He's handsome and he's smart. I know he's teaching high school right now. And he's very busy. He's not really, at the moment, able to do a ton of governance. But if he were, I see a man who could unite us all. I see a man who could bring U.S. Chester to becoming the greatest national affiliate in the world. A man who could bring us to FIDE's right hand, where we hold the most significant events, more world championships, your larger opens. We need to be holding the world youth, the world cadets. We need to be doing all of it. We have the best facilities. We have the best accessibility. We have an extraordinary group of committees. I believe that if we unite under the correct man, we will be able to, or woman, we will be able to bring about a future for U.S. Chess that is so bright, so extraordinary, it will equal or surpass even the Fisher era. We have, we have the intellectual ability to do it. We have the cooperation. Now we need to have the people come together and, and really work as a team for the betterment, not only of chess, but for the empowerment of the members of U.S. Chess. And that's so important. You're going to hear him say over and over again at delegates meetings, we're 501c3. We're mission-driven. We're not member-driven anymore. It's incorrect philosophically. The underlying assumption is flawed that you could somehow drive the mission of U.S. Chess without doing it through the members. The members are the mission of U.S. Chess. And through the state affiliates and the members who on the grassroots level get things done, if U.S. Chess chose to spread the wealth, spread the funding that we get from donations, put it out to state affiliates and trust them to do their jobs well, Put it out to chess clubs and trust them to spread empowerment through chess. The job will get done. There is no such thing as the mission of U.S. chess without the members of U.S. chess. And anyone who thinks there is, is trying to sell you on four self-elected seats that would remove the democratic nature of U.S. chess in favor of political friend grouping. Now, I'd like to get back to that. What is the governance task force? And who are the whistleblowers? And what have they told us? The coalition we built was responding to whistleblower Jim Manila as said, a member of the ethics committee. And there are also two other whistleblowers who, when the issue of the governance task force comes before the delegates, will make themselves public, but they have asked me to respect their anonymity. And at this time, I will. They know who they are. They're mentors to me. They're brilliant men. And uh, we will defer to them. But we have had other people jump on, such as Angelina Belikovskaya. She was the first one in an open letter that our group sent to every single president of every single state affiliate, including the entire governance task force and the entire executive board, calling for the minutes of the governance task force which is currently holding all of its discussions on Slack behind closed doors. We beseech them to make these minutes transparent, to let every word said by the governance trans task force in writing be seen by the members and delegates of U.S. Chess. According to our whistleblower, they have refused to this date for the specific reason that they believe it will have a chilling effect on their discussions, and they believe that they need to feed these changes to us little by little so that they can get their four self-appointed seats. We also believe we know exactly who they intend to give the four seats to. I will not name the names now. But the point is, the idea of the four self-appointed seats is instead of a board of seven elected members, you'll have a board of 11, four of whom are selected by current members of the executive board through a selection committee, which is stacked. And then they will come up with all these reasons why they're experts of something. Well, if they were experts, they could prove it to the voters. But at any rate, this expertise is nothing but a euphemism, as I said before, for loyalty. Now, we have a quote 
a quote that proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that the goal of this is to remove the democracy of U.S. chess. Our whistleblower, and this is the only name I will mention, our whistleblower gave us a quote from the governance task force from February 11th at 9.45 a.m., I believe Eastern Standard Time, from our current vice president, Randy Bauer, and I quote, the purely democratic process didn't work, so we discarded it. See, democratic processes aren't the be-all and end-all. Sometimes reality has to take precedence. Appointed members shouldn't be dismissed purely for democratic reasons. They have failed us in other areas, and the organization realized that and changed to what in many states is a non-democratic process. The answer from Bear the Chess Husky, Mr. Vice President, is no. We will not surrender our democracy. There will be seven elected seats to the executive board. It's a democratic nation, it's a democratic organization, and it will remain so if Bear the Chess Husky has anything to say about it. And thanks to our great friends, many delegates from Southern California, Jim Manello, other whistleblowers from the governance task force, leaders like Jonathan Lee Singler, Paul Covington, and frankly, Angelina Belikovskaya, who has been such a vocal leader against anything that smacks of removing democracy. This team is going to prevail, and U.S. chess will remain democratic, and the voters, the members of U.S. chess, will remain in charge, not the mission, not a selection committee, not some self-appointed seats. Members, members drive the mission of U.S. chess, and democracy is what keeps the members in control. No, we believe in them. That, that, that's definitely important. I mean, obviously, we look, we want this to be a democracy. And again, this is, uh, you know, look, just meant to be, uh, you know, a, a platform, you know, as, as it is. Um, and, uh, you know, look, I, I really do appreciate you, you know, taking some time, um, you know, just talking a little bit more about, you know, what you've been doing in, you know, Southern California, you know, with the Chess Association, uh, you know, the Rank and File magazine, and also getting into, you know, accessibility. Um, you know, both with USCF and FIDE, which, of course, is, is very important. Um, and, uh, you know, really getting into, you know, a little bit of the nitty gritty, you know, and some of the behind the scenes. You know, there's often a lot of politics that uh, you don't necessarily, you know, consider. Um, you know, we actually had, uh, you know, an episode earlier this week with Jeff Detweiler, uh, you know, executive recruiter. And, um, you know, one of the most interesting aspects of the conversation was, you know, we kind of talked a lot, a lot about the, you know, behind the scenes nature of recruiting and some of the things that, uh, you know, we don't necessarily know about. So um, I, I really appreciate you, uh, you know, delving into there. So, you know, last, last question, Sean, if anyone wants to reach you, you know, answer, ask any questions about, you know, yourself or, you know, any of the work that you're doing in, uh, you know, Southern California um, or the magazine or, you know, if any questions about your, uh, you know, campaign, what would be the best way to get a hold of you? Well, thank you again for allowing me to uh, discuss Bear the Chess Husky's message here to, the, to your viewers, the members of U.S. Chess. And, uh, you know, I just want to take another moment to thank the people who have helped spread the, the message and the campaign. Uh, friends like Augustine Valverde from West Texas, a great leader. President Tom Crane, such an extraordinary man. Vish Vishwanath. Uh, we have had friends who have just perpetuated the message around the country, who, in, including such high-profile ones as the Dean of Scholastic Chess, Dwayne Barber, and yourself. It's meant the world. And I truly believe we're going to get elected to the executive board. I think Bear the Chess Husky and I have ran a very, very assertive campaign. We've communicated our message around the country. I think the voters are responsive to the idea that we need democracy and transparency and integrity in chess. I certainly wish to reiterate my call, please, to the president of U.S. Chess and chairman of the Governance Task Force, 
release the Slack's minutes. It's time for transparency. Looks really bad when US chess isn't transparent. Release them immediately. I'll be fighting for that on the executive board. Those minutes, they're going to get released. The voters of US chess need to know what their leaders are saying about their future. They need to be party to those decisions. But if anyone wants to talk about it with me, when uh, today, tomorrow, or after we're elected to the executive board, Bear the Chess Husky and I remain available 24-7. Here's our number, 909-734-0724. You want to reach us by email, checkmate, F is in Franklin, the number five at yahoo.com. We'll be there for you anytime you want to talk. We're here to learn from your wisdom. We know that the members of US Chess are the voices that count, and only through learning from every one of you and working with every one of you every day. Can we pursue the true mission and vision of U.S. chess, which is the empowerment of our people and our communities through chess every day? And again, National Master Raven, thank you so much for this opportunity. It's not lost on me that this platform is extremely important for communicating to the members of U.S. chess en masse. But again, individually, I am here for all of them, no matter what time. My pleasure. And that's what we do. You know, we really do like to build a community. Um, you know, yes, we are a chess company and we do, you know, a lot of our corporate classes and private lessons. Uh, by the way, one thing I do want to mention, I would love if you could actually spread the word. Uh, you know, we do have a virtual camp going on right now. Uh, and we actually added uh, two uh, West Coast sessions, actually. Ah, I love it. Uh, so, you know, from 10 to 2 uh, Pacific, there's a session. And then there's actually one from 2 to 5 Pacific time. Um, yes, so, you know, certainly, uh, you know, we look forward to that as well, but yeah, thank you, Sean. Thank you so much for taking the time and, uh, we look forward to, uh, being in touch and best of luck with the campaign. Thank you from the people of Southern California chess. And thank you from bear the chess husky, my friend. Cheers. Cheers.